The Golden Mike Podcast is presented by SeaDeck Marine Products. Proudly made in the USA, customizable SeaDeck no-skid traction is non-absorbent, closed-cell EVA specifically formulated for the marine industry. For a free sample and more information, check out www.seadeck.com. That's S-E-A-D-E-K.com. And now, it's showtime. Recognized as the official voice of Toad Water Sports for over a decade. His vocal tones have narrated the industry's biggest and most prestigious events in the world. With over 25 years of on-water experience, captivating charisma, and a command of his audience. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. It's the Golden Mike Podcast. With the noise of the North himself, Dano the Mano. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Golden Mike Podcast, everyone. Today, I'm not recording down in Orlando, Florida. I'm back up north in Illinois. It's snowing, it's cold, and I am the noise of the north, Dan Lamano. And now it's time for some audio sunshine. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Boulder Boats. Boulder Boats now has three locations in the southwest and the west coast. Nevada. Arizona, and now California State. Whether you're looking for a new Malibu or Axis boat, or maybe looking for something slightly loved previously, well, Boulder Boats has you covered with whatever your on-water needs may be. And not only are Boulder Boats one of the nation's top-rated dealers in customer satisfaction, they also continue to give back to the industry by hosting some of the most memorable events of the year, And for the third year in a row, Boulder Boats will be hosting the Malibu Boats Rider Experience. Once again, this year we'll be back in the elusive Lake Las Vegas. This stop of the Malibu Rider Experience will also serve as the WWA Central Wakeboard Regionals. It's a qualifier for nationals and an event you don't want to miss. The dates are May 5th through the 7th. And again, that's on Lake Las Vegas. It's about a 25-minute drive from the Las Vegas airport and the Vegas Strip. I'll be there announcing and possibly a live episode of the Golden Mike Podcast will be recorded from the contest. I'll keep you all posted, but you can find out all the details online at boulderboats.com or on the Boulder Boats Facebook page. Well, this is episode 62, and it's sort of a milestone episode for me. I say that a lot, but... This is a milestone episode as this is the last episode I will ever record at 34 years of age. That's right. I mentioned I'm back in Illinois with my family and my lady here and I'm just celebrating life and, well, my birthday. I'm up in the north for a little bit over a week here and then I'll be heading over to Arizona for a boat show rail jam with my friends over there at Action Water Sports. Robbie Brown is bringing me back out to call some of the action, so I'm psyched. I love Arizona. I do have a really good episode put together for today. Two from my West Coast, Pacific Northwest Coast trip, and I welcome to the podcast Matt Oberholtz and Connor Pajetto. Matt and Connor are on to talk about disabled water skiing, adaptive wakeboarding, the upcoming 2017 Disabled Water Ski Worlds, and more. Uh, We recorded the interview at Matt Oberholtz's place of residence in Oroville, California, just outside of Chico Cali. 
Uh, Matt lives on a private ski lake where he trains and teaches the future of disabled water skiing and just about anybody else who's looking to get into the sport. While there, Marcus Brown hopped in the boat with us to watch Connor Pajetto train. I was stoked since Marcus is a water skier I look up to a ton. Marcus has a series of videos available online called Flowpoint TV, which are available at marcusbrown.net. His videos give viewers a look into Toad Water Sports from a unique perspective captured by one of the sport's most creative and talented skiers. So I recommend you guys check him out. Seriously. All right, well, let's get back to Matt and Connor since it is their episode. You know, I had a lot of fun spending the day with the two and feel like we were able to get some really cool stuff recorded, both audio and video. And hopefully you guys saw the short video I edited together of Connor training while I was there. And if you haven't seen it, well, it's up on the Golden Mike Podcast Facebook page. So I recommend going back, scrolling through, and watching it. Also, make sure you guys like the Golden Mike Podcast Facebook page while you're there if you already don't. On a side note, I was traveling through the area as there were some gnarly floods going on. You know, I was lucky enough to avoid anything major, so I was super thankful for that. All right, folks, it's time for some quick business here. The Golden Mike Podcast is brought to you for free twice monthly on the first and third Wednesday of every month. Find us online at noiseofthenorth.com and now available on SoundCloud. The Golden Mike Podcast is available on iTunes. Every episode is there. Be sure to search the Golden Mike Podcast on iTunes or the podcast app on your iPhone. Hit subscribe, then click the middle button, rate the show, hopefully five stars, Review the show, hopefully it's some kind words. If you have an Android device, download just about any podcast listening app and just search the Golden Mike Podcast, then subscribe. Email me if you have any issues. I'll hook you up with any information I can give you. To keep this podcast no charge to you, the listener, I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show. SeaDeck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Performance Ski and Surf, GoPuck, Malibu Boats, Rockstar Energy, C4 Belts, CWB Board Company, Leadwake, and Ronix. Follow me on social media on Instagram at Dano T. Mano, on Twitter at the Dano T. Mano, and at the Golden underscore Mike. Be sure to like the Golden Mike podcast on Facebook, and you can always reach me through email GoldenMike at noiseofthenorth.com. I do have an audio montage, and today it's from the OWC Slider Spectacular. This was my final event of 2016, and the montage I forgot to include in the last episode. So enjoy it, then I'll be back with Matt Oberholtz and Connor Pajetto right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Sean Murray, Team Nautique, Fox, and Hyperlight Rider for over 20 years. I'm here at the 14th Annual Slider Spectacular at OWC, Orlando Water Sports Complex in sunny Orlando, Florida. Hi, I'm Barrett Swope. I'm 12 years old from Santa Fe, Texas, and I won the Intermediate Division at Slider Spectacular. I'm Caitlin Adams. I'm 10 years old. I'm from Springfield, Ohio, and I'm super excited to win the Women's Division in Slider Spectacular. Hi, my name is Parker Swope, and I'm 13 years old. And I won the Grom Kicker Contest here at Slider Spectacular with a seatbelt tantrum to blind. Hi, my name is Sammy Haig. I'm from Tarpon Springs, Florida. 
I'm 12 years old, and I won the novice division. Hi, my name is Gavin Giglio. I'm from Orlando, Florida. I just took the win in the advanced division at the Slider Spectacular here. I'm super stoked. It was a great contest, and I had a lot of fun. Hey, what's up? I'm Priscilla Cruz, and I'm just really stoked to uh, have won the beginner Slider Spectacular for the very first time. It was really cool. It was a lot of fun, uh, a lot of hard competition, and I can't wait for next year. Hey, I'm Jason Stuckey, dad for Team Stuckey here at OWC. I managed to come out on top in the Masters Division this year. The Slider Spectacular this year was super fun. We rolled out a new format, new judges app, uh, new judging format. We're uh, pushing the sport here and having tons of fun doing it. The winner of the Junior Pro Division, Trent Stuckey, man. Nice work out there, bro. How does it feel? It feels great to be the winner. The contest was sick. The riding was pumped. It was so much fun riding against the best guys. The winner of the Pro Kicker Contest and the Pro Men's Division at Slider Spectacular, Gunther Oka. Gunther, congratulations, man. How do you feel about the win, and what do you think about the event? Super stoked to come away with the win today here at the 2016 Slider Spectacular. It was an awesome two days with probably, you know, the best riding we've seen from all the Groms from all around the country, you know, pretty close to nationals. Um, just the insane turnout that we had and the great level of riding as well. One thing that's so cool about this event is just seeing so many new faces from all the beginner kids and just seeing the progression that wakeboarding's taken, especially on the cable, and to see where it's going and like have, have all age divisions and have uh, everybody out there shredding is really cool. So. Boulder Boats is your Southwest connection to Malibu and Axis Boats and offers the largest selection of pre-owned towboats in the world. With two locations serving the Las Vegas, Nevada and Phoenix, Arizona areas, Boulder Boats will blow your mind with their large inventory of new and used boats. Aside from offering everything you need to get on the water this year, Boulder Boats takes top honors in customer service. From start to finish, the crew at Boulder Boats will make you feel like family. Boulder Boats accepts trades and offers shipping worldwide. Boulder Boats is always looking for gently used boats, so don't gamble with your time on the water this year. Check out boulderboats.com for the sure win. That's boulderboats.com. Presented by Sea Deck Marine Products, it's the Golden Mike Podcast with the noise of the north, Dano the Mano. We're hanging out here at the Ridge Lake uh, in Chico, California. Uh, it's been here since uh, 1995, I think, was when it was built. And uh, it's a beautiful, just a, it's a two-event ski lake. We don't have a jump, so we just trick and slalom out here. I, I look at it, and I think this is, like, uh, way more than two events because you can kneeboard out here. You can barefoot out here. You know what? You're absolutely correct. You can do anything out here, actually. You know, we do a lot of wakeboarding, kneeboarding. You know, we've had some barefooters, uh, you know, it's all of it. I mean, really, it's, you know, we tube, you know, we kind of do it all. Um, all right, Matt. Well, let me let me break it down for the people who might not know you here. Um, a former Team USA member, you're the team coach of 2011, 2013. Um, you took uh, a season off of coaching to run the world championships? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Denise Bonest took over uh, as the coach, you know, because it was going to be too much to handle to try to do both. And, you know, she's such an excellent coach and knows all the skiers. So it was just a natural fit. And she was awesome. And, you know, really thankful for that. And then, you know, I got to we got to be chosen again for 2017. And, you know, it's an honor. Absolutely. Well, and it's you've such been, an honor. And you've been honored before, a two-time coach of the year. And, no, two-time coach of the year, is that like – 
in under the entire umbrella of USA Water Ski. That's over all. Yeah, of the that's over all of USA Water Ski. Yeah. Well, congratulations. That's that is definitely huge, man. I appreciate that. You know, and that was a huge honor. You know, it's the first time that uh, you know any disabled coach or anything like that had been had broken through that kind of barrier. And you know, one of the things that was really really awesome was that um, since you know water skiing is under the under the Olympic umbrella, it's not an Olympic sport. But I was also recognized by by the Olympic Committee as you know being a runner-up for for um the paralympic coach of the year which was really cool and they flew me out and i got to meet some you know awesome olympians and all these great people and the president of usoc and i was like wow this is you know i was a little starstruck you know but it was it was an honor and you know and it kind of put disabled water skiing a little bit more on that map and as you see it's starting to spread out a little bit more so you know i'm glad i can just be part of it you know i grew up in in the midwest and i water skied in wisconsin i was a part of a ski team and we were doing disabled um water ski clinics back in the in the early days of it all we uh, I recall um, volunteering my first time probably around 1997. This was in the early days of teaching people. You know, there was only a good handful of guys. And I'm, from what I understand, you were one of them because from what I understand from the first time I was uh, invited to, to come out to the, to the worlds and announce um, that you were one of the legends and the pioneers of, of disabled water skiing. Well, you know, I was a little bit, you know, I, I was there fairly early on. It was just that, maybe that little second tier, you know, there was guys like Bilbo Ness and Steve Hornsey and, you know, a, a slew of others um, that kind of were those pioneers. I mean, put it this way, they were going over the jump ramp, sitting Indian style on a kneeboard. Okay, so that's the kind of pioneering they were doing, you know, so that really kind of launched the sport. And there's a, a gentleman by the name of Royce Andes, um, who is just actually right down the road. He's the, the the inventor of, you know, the can ski and really one of those pioneers in, in making that disabled water ski event. He's a, a quadriplegic and he was actually on that show. That's incredible. Barefoot and behind a horse. Um, down a little slough, which was really cool. But, you know, I got to get in there, you know, fairly early as equipment started to evolve. And, you know, I've been part of it for, for a long time and, okay, and been so, loving every minute of it. Um, like, what year would you say would be, like, the first time somebody, um, you know, like, uh, in a wheelchair or whatever started uh, uh, adapting to, to water ski? You know, I mean, typically, I'm going to say it was in the it was obviously in the 80s for sure. Um, I know there were some people doing it over overseas in Europe, you know, and then in America here, I think the first like quote, it wasn't world championship type of event, but it was like that first culmination of, you know, other countries with America doing that was like 1987. I think they just called it a championship. Um, so, you know, skiing started, I'm going to say 85 and, and on, you know, that's when they first started developing. I mean, Royce just, I mean, basically had a big old wide plank you know, that was massive. I think we called it the, uh, the, the Bomba because it was so big, it was purple and massive and, you know, long and wide, you know, you couldn't, you know, you could, you could put 10 people on there and ski it, you know, probably, be a show skier, you probably know. needed two people to get it in the water <laughs> and you did. Yeah. You needed some help, but you know, so it just kind of started. I mean, you were sitting the butt right on the board, you know, and just had a little bar up under your knees, you know, with a piece of hose, that they cut off and put your feet on there so they didn't fall off. So, you know, as it obviously now has evolved, you know, quite a bit. Now we got systems with shocks and things like that. But, you know, so it, it started, at, you know, at the grassroots of somebody just thinking, hey, I can do this. You know, this is cool. Hey, this works out really good. So maybe we can get some other people. And I think that's probably the best part of where the thing stemmed from because it was giving people opportunities to do something they thought they'd never do. 
because you know when I got hurt and I was 15, I was a skier and I was just getting into you know buoy skiing. You know I hadn't really been in. You know I was just a lake skier. You know kneeboarder. You know yeah, hanging out. You know I could do you know flips on my kneeboard and things like that when I was 12 and you know started you know skiing and that was one of my loves. So when after I got hurt, I was like, hey, can I ski again? You know, I really want to ski, and that's when my parents found Royce, and, you know, I met Bill Boness and Steve Hornsey and, uh, you know, Steve Poulin and all these guys that pioneered the sport, and there we are. As far as, like, your injury, you said around 15 years old. Can you kind of elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, sure. We were, uh, you know, we were just kids driving around. I was 15, but he was 16, and we had an old 73 Oldsmobile, you know, Omega with, you know, dual pipes, glass packs, and all that kind of stuff on the back, and it was it was fast, and... We didn't, you know, we didn't, we didn't drive very safely. Uh, and I was dumb enough to be in a car without my seatbelt on. And, uh, we ended up crashing and we went off of, uh, you know, I, I call it a cliff. It's a more of a ravine, you know, it's about a hundred feet down and we ended up 275 feet off of the ravine flipping end over end. Super, super lucky to be alive. Um, I had actually put my lap belt on cause it was one of the, it was one of the cars that, you know, you had the, the shoulder harness was actually bolted to the wall or to the side of the car. And then you clipped that to the lap belt and then you clipped the lap belt over. So as I was, we were doing about 110 and I was like, oh God, I better put my seatbelt on. And so I just fumbled and actually put my lap belt on, which typically probably was the best thing for me because I, I ended up breaking my back, you know, uh, at the T12 level, which is, you know, about your belly button. So I'm paralyzed from the waist down is, you know, so to speak. And, uh, you know, so things could have been worse. I mean, we, we, we shouldn't be alive. And there was three of us in the car. Everybody came out just fine, you know, in the long run. Uh, we all live good lives. We're all still good buddies. You know, no one meant to do anything. We were, we were, we were dumb kids, you sure. know, kind of driving too fast and, and not doing what we should have been doing. And accidents happen. And they do, you know, especially. But, you know, I mean, we have a motto around here that we use all the time. And safety is no accident. You know, drive safely put your seatbelt on you know look out for everybody and you know and you know we, we probably navigate this world a little bit better but so in a nutshell with that you know so i've been a paraplegic since i was 15 and then that's where we're at now how long after um the accident were you back on the water i got back on the water a little less than a year um you know i got out of rehab and my parents found royce and i came up here to chico and we went over to another lake that's just down the way called Sky Lake, uh, which many people will know. You know, if you're a skier and, you know, wakeboarder or what time of thing or collegiate member, you'll, you'll know what Sky Lake is. And uh, that's where I met Bo Ness and Hornsey and Royce and, and all these guys. And, and uh, they kind of looked at me and they said, hey, man, you, you got some potential. Keep it up. And, you know, and I took that. I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, cool. They said I got something. So, Absolutely. you know, I ran with it. And, you know, I got to be, you know, part of world championship teams and, you know, you know, doing, doing lots of good things. And now I'm on the, on the given end of the sport, you know, I get to coach and teach and things like that. Sure. I want to, I do want to kind of talk about your days as a competitive skier. The three events in traditional disabled water skiing would be slalom, trick and jump, just like in traditional three event water skiing. Right. Um, were you, were you doing all three events? I did all three events early on in my career because it was kind of the thing. You, if you were going to be part of the world team, you needed to be a three-event skier because, you know, we needed team points to win, and that's the ultimate goal is to win for the team and then with individual accolades, you know, come in secondary. Um, but I was just not real good at jumping, and uh, so I just kind of stuck to the to the trick and slalom after that. Um, and then, uh, you know, as I did it, I kind of developed some skills more for the tricking. Uh, I got injured. Um, I blew out my shoulder and so I needed to take some, some time off from water skiing. So I actually spent a year just driving and coaching 
And then I got back on my trick ski and that's kind of where I started doing some stuff. You know, I started thinking, oh, hey, I can do these things because I used to do backflips on my kneeboard, you know, and I'm like, God, I can really do this. So, you know, I, I, I did a lot of practice and a lot of face plants, a lot of eye peels, you know, eardrum smashing, you know, you know, I took a beating, but I finally pulled it off. And it was like one of my, you know, it was like that ultimate yes i can do this you know and today you know i mean there's some people trying to do it but and i think it can be done it just takes a lot of practice now in in those books the history books you were the first guy to land the flip uh uh, first disabled skier to land a flip um yeah well i mean i I think the way we worded it is the first disabled uh skier to do one in competition because you know i mean there may be somebody out there that doesn't do that that you know i can't say i'm the first guy ever but you know i'm one of the you know guys i know there were some wakeboarders out there trying to trying to pull some stuff off like that but uh you know for um, you know competition skiing i was the first guy to pull it off in a in a competition and at this point the only one you know so i know some there's some guys out there trying so i, I love it you know when they go out there and rip it out there i'm like yeah you know i'm rooting for them you know i yeah. really think it's you know it's the way that we got to evolve at the worlds there's there's divisions for for guys i mean i i recall there's a skier uh, i think it's bill furbish mm-hmm. is it Yes. Who, I mean, he, it seems like he doesn't even have, he doesn't even hold, he doesn't have his fingertips or anything that he can yeah, use. Well, he, yeah, he doesn't have use of his hands because he's a quad. But I, I call him the super quad. Uh, you know, that guy's amazing. Uh, yeah, he holds the rope with his wrists, you know, and that's how he does it. He wraps it around there. He actually pulled off a 720, you know, with a handle pass, you know, ripping it into his wrists, you know, things like that, which are amazing. But, you know, it's, it's guys like that that, you know, other people see, you know, and they go, wow, if he can do it. I can do it, you know, which is cool. And then now we have equipment that allows you to get there and then the knowledge to help you get there, you know, where we were just kind of just winging it, you know, going, Hey, let's do it. I mean, it, it, the, the the reality is, is when it comes to, to skiing and competing and stuff, somebody like you who your, your injury is a little bit lower. So you have more upper body, right? I've got abs and things like that. So, you know, our, 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 our discipline, our sports discipline, you know, evolves around, you know, like we'll, we'll start with the vision impaired, you know, some can partially see now they're, if you see them wearing goggles, right, that's, that's a visually impaired category where there might be some sight, you know, it might be very, very minimal. It might be light or shades. Well, to make it even, they wear blacked out goggles. So everybody's on the same page, you know, cause there's no way to really tell, Hey, you know, you know, and of course some people can fake it or, you know, whatever. I'm not saying people do, but you know, for the, for purposes of competition, it makes it even. So there's, you know, two, two different divisions in the visually impaired. And then, um, you know, then in sit down now we have five divisions and we've done that. We used to have three, but we've noticed that with the athletes coming in, you know, that, that variance in your muscle ability and being able to balance yourself or, you know, counteract the pull of the boat and things like that, you know, makes such a difference. Now we've kind of fine tuned it even a little bit more. So now there's five categories, you know, five being, shall I say the most able, you know, some people that can maybe walk, you know, they still couldn't ski on their legs. You know, they walk like Connor Pagetto. You've seen him walk around. He looks drunk, but you know, he's not, and we know he's not, he's a good kid. But, you know, he's not going to stand up and ski and, and compete, so he sits. But he's got abs and control, whereas someone like Bill Furbish, you know, it's not fair for him to have to compete against Connor. Right. You know, and, you know, so that's why we had the, the division change. Very cool, man. All right, let's see here. So, okay, let's let's get to Team USA. Ah, I love that aspect. How how big is the Disabled Worlds? Uh, if you can like, kind of like tell everybody, like, how many teams, how many skiers? 
Um, you know, it used to be really, really big. Um, well, when I, let me restate that. It used to be very big where we'd have maybe 80, 90 skiers. But, you know, the sport was, you know, you know, as the growth of every sport happens, you know, so back in, you know, the early 90s, mid 90s, you know, yeah, there's tons of countries coming and people competing. But as the level got a little higher, we've seen a little drop in, you know, the people coming to Worlds because, you know, you have to be able to qualify. You know, so that makes it a little bit different. Um, but right now, usually, I mean, I think we have, you know, around 60, 70 skiers, you know, somewhere. I think we had 13 countries at uh, 2015 Worlds. So I'm assuming, you know, we're going to get that. But I, I did hear, I heard Korea was coming for the first time. Russia will be coming for the first time. I, I don't, I mean, I'm saying this out of more hope, but I hear rumors that, you know, these countries are coming, which is great because it's going to be an addition to the family, you know, as I like to refer to it. Because, you know, not only is... You know, world's competition, but it's also, you know, kind of a, you know, it's a family mode, man. It's great to see everybody and everybody's out trying. So we're all, we're all friends. Maybe when you get on the water, we're not so much friends, right. but off the water, you know, we're rooting for you. you oh, know? hey, I was at those after parties in 2015. Yeah, so. you were, weren't you? You <laughs> yes, were leading that, that helm, I think. Easy now, <laughs> easy. Maybe after midnight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, but, uh. Um, okay, so so there's an opportunity for for everybody to help you guys because to get 13 skiers and another what five to six staffers right all the way down under to Australia it costs a lot of money and I know we don't want to put a dollar amount on it but I'm guessing it's going to be over six figures. Uh, well, you know, I mean, Close. I think for us to travel, I mean, I'll put it in the five figures more than the than the six. I mean. It's. I mean, I would say typically when we go overseas, it's anywhere between thirty-five to forty thousand that it costs. You know, and uh, you know, and the the thing that has always I don't, don't want to say disappointed or whatever, but it's you know the the athletes train themselves, they pay for themselves. You know, they're you know it, as you well know that the world of water sports is not cheap. They're not getting paid. <laughs> yeah, you're not getting paid. You know, and other 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 countries, you know, which is great and great for them. I'm not complaining at all. You know, they get money for golds. You know, they you know they're winning money. They get paid to train, which is absolutely fantastic but you know here in america we don't do that and that's okay so that's why i was kind of thinking you know what rather than having everyone do individual maybe as team staff you know because i'm the president of water skiers of disabilities association which is you know the the discipline underneath usa water ski you know we're on the sports disciplines and then being the team coach you know i said hey let's 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 see if we can't build a little website and get some cool prizes out there you know and see if people would you know buy raffle tickets you know i'm wearing a, a team usa um hoodie that i love I wear it all the time. Um, it's something, you know, a way to support, you know, if you wanted to buy a hoodie or a straight donate, or you can come in and buy any one number of tickets, it's $5 a raffle ticket. We've got water skis, we've got snow ski goggles, we've got iPads. How can they help? How can they donate money? Well, you can go to the website, which is www.usskiteam.com. 2017 that's 2017.com and then you can go on there you can actually meet the athletes you know we have profiles on there you can see pictures see where they come from and see their story kind of like you know how you're interviewing me you know it's kind of their background their story you know we have one guy that's his first year on the team who was an olympian in the long jump for and he got hurt long jumping you know he broke his back and he's an amazing kid and you know he's knows what it's like to be an olympian he was over in sochi and uh he just took to the water and he's he's brilliant um, so he's made the team and things like that. So 
what we're trying to do is give those profiles, you know, so people can actually see who they would be supporting. By providing some, some cool prizes to win, you know, by buying raffle tickets, you can win these kind of items um, or just straight donate or, you know, buy a sweatshirt at the same time. And, you know, that's kind of what's the thought behind it, you know. And if we can spark some people, I mean, if if everyone that hears this donated $5, you know, then, you know, it just, it starts to multiply. Hey, you, know? you guys, you guys would have like 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I've seen your podcast yeah. and you're following. You got a little more than that. Maybe a little 15. A little bit, a little bit. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, the, getting back to the, like the website, I recommend everybody goes and checks it out. I was looking at it the other day. The, the, the diversity of team USA is really cool. I mean, you've got guys under 16 years old, right? Yeah. I think our youngest, she's 17. Uh, I should probably know that uh, Sarah Switzer. She's, uh, I believe, she's seventeen. Yeah, Sarah, right. I hope you're well, seventeen. Oh. And uh, but she's our youngest gear, and I think Connor would be our second year. Or he and and uh, uh, Eli Hager, who is eighteen now, and then uh, with uh, Nick Farrell, I think he's in his twenty. 23 somewhere in there so we have but then you got some then you also got some guys that are uh you know like a fine wine we'll put it this way our <laughs> average team age i think was around 45 for a right. while you know with sure. us old geezers out there you know but everyone's still pushing it and still skiing and going hard you know, especially with guys like bill furbish you know and joe ray you know they've been on the team since the inception of time you know right so but they're still skiing at a high level but it's nice to see you know for now u.s ski team you know, is getting younger, and that's kind of what we're looking for. We want to build that sport. What I think is so cool is that there's guys like you, and I don't know how many more folks there are like you who are offering a, a place for disabled water skiers and, you know, regular skiers, and I'm sure anybody uh, to come out here and, and, and actually get some coaching and ski with you. You've, got a, you've, you've been running a ski school for some time. Yeah, I've been doing my ski school now for about 20 years. Um, it's actually be actually year 19. Uh, and those are the kind of things that's great. You know, we've had several, um, you know, UST scheme, uh, I could say that, right. US ski team members come through my lake. Um, we have a lot, you know, what's really cool is we have the athletes that have been skiing for a long time are now giving back, you know, even though we're not skiing as much anymore, maybe it's just more recreation, you know, so you you can come in there and you can get that training. So, you know, um, something I did want to touch on, I spoke of a little bit earlier. One of our goals at WASDA is to increase the knowledge for these programs to go to that next level. Cause a lot of programs come out and they just give you a learn to ski ride. You know, and, you know, they, they get you out in the water and you spend 15 minutes and, you know, they help you out. You got side skiers. Yeah, or, but where do you go next? And that's the thing. So these programs can now identify, you know, what we'd like to do is educate them a little bit on that next level skiing. So they can identify the ones that might go or in, encourage them to get to that next level, you know, so they can do it in house. And then as they start progressing, then, you know, they can start seeking out some of our ski schools and, you know, coming to tournaments and things like that and, and being more involved in the sport because the cool thing about disabled water skiing now it's included with able-bodied skiing which is wonderful because we virtually use the same you know courses you know it's the same jump it's the same slalom you know for the most part um visually impaired is a little bit different but they you know you can you can use it anywhere it's have you seen the the cast system that you saw which is pretty cool it's pretty amazing oh it's those guys rip it's insane how good they are it's 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 breathtaking to, to 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 see what uh 
what is actually possible. It's, I mean, yeah, just try closing your eyes and doing something and just think about going off a ramp and trusting somebody to, to guide you off that thing correctly or, you know, ripping across the, the wake at 36 miles an hour at, you know, 35 off, 38 off, getting deep. I mean, these guys are amazing at the top level. I mean, they're amazing all the way across, just, you know, that way. But, you know, the new systems that they're dividing, they don't need a course. You know, right. it's, it's simulated, you know, with this new CAS system. I won't go into details too much of how that is because it's pretty complex. But it allows them to simulate the course. So you can really virtually do it anywhere. Sure. You know, it takes a little bit of setup time, but not too bad. Yeah. You guys are well, event-wise, event-wise, um, are, are there a ton of events right now? Or is it just down to, like, disabled nationals? You mean for for the disabled? Yeah. Well, you know what? I mean, you, as a disabled, you can go into any, you know, any local ski things. But as uh, a disabled yes. only, you know, thing, there's there's a few, and it's starting to evolve a little bit. There's nationals, there's worlds, and then there's regionals. Um, we do one out here. I know uh, Atlanta, Georgia's done some, and I think um, now that uh, the folks out there in uh, North Carolina had done have done a nationals now I, I you know I'm hoping that they'll get into more of the regional events because they got a lot of skiers are developing great programs out there you know at ASAP you know and they, they've got a lot of skiers coming in you know and that's awesome to see so I'm hoping that we can you know start to progress that a little bit more um, and get some of the show ski teams to get some of the skiers involved in show ski. I'd love to be. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I want to be on top of the pyramid, though. Hey, one way or another, I'm sure they can figure it out. We'll adapt it <laughs> a for kite. you. Take a <laughs> yeah. kite. Whatever, we'll drop you in. We'll cream, uh, maybe we'll just pull past you and just drop you up on top or something. Who knows? Um, so 2017, summer of 2017, uh, you are working on some really exciting stuff. It's big and... Um, Rumor has it it's in my uh, OG backyard from kind of uh, kind of in around the area where I grew up. Talk a little bit about uh, uh, this uh, water sports festival. Yeah, you know we've been talking about it for years. You know to get the water sports. You know for you know, I, we call it the cross pollination of toad water sports. You know let's get everyone together. Let's make it a family fun experience. You know, let's, let's enjoy what these, you know, sports disciplines, um, have to offer, you know, cause I mean, we got hydrofoiling nationals going on there. We're having a disabled, you know, learn to ski clinic and a national coaching clinic. Like I was talking about, about evolving the sport a bit. We're going to have disabled wakeboarding in there. We're doing a freestyle ski jumping night event, um, we've got, uh, kneeboarding in there, um, and the show skiing. So, you know, it's going to be this big, you know, water festival. Um, it's going to be the first of its kind. So we're, you know, talking, you know, beer festival, you know, food. Do we have a date set? Um, yeah, we do. That's going to be, it's going to be August. Well, it starts August 15th and it'll end August 20th. Um, the 15th and 16th is the disabled water ski clinic and coaching clinic, but the, like the actual event, um, part of it where we're doing all the sports disciplines, uh, you know, for, a, for an you know, actual <clears throat> competition will start on the 16th and go through the 20th. Okay. Well, that's or, excuse good. me, the 17th and go through the 20th. Fingers crossed. I'll be in town that, uh, that... Oh, dude, you, we've already signed you up, buddy. You're all, you mean, there's no way we can do this without the mouth in the North. Dude. Come on, man. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's well, not even, it's in your own backyard for yeah. God's sakes. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what we can do there. Right. Yeah. Um, do we have a name of the festival or website yet? Or is uh, that still... Yeah. The event is called the 2017 Wake Sports Festival and it'll be in Janesville, Wisconsin. 
and it will be August 15th through the 20th. All right. Hey, Matt, before I let you out of here, um, one more time, that website is www.usskiteam2017.com, and you guys can donate to the 2017 USA Disabled Water Ski Team. You can do that all the way through, what, like April 25th or something? Um, I think our last drawing is going to be April 12th, right before we head Ooh. out. We head out April 15th, um, so we won't be here to rent it anymore. And we were hoping to extend it a little bit, you know, because, you know, obviously we, the longer we give it out there. But I think right now it's April 12th is the, is the deadline to purchase tickets, and we'll have the drawings. Very good. All right, guys. Well, we'll uh, don't hold. Don't wait. Donate now. Once again, U.S. Ski Team 2017.com. Matthew Overholtz. Man, thanks a ton, dude. Hey, man. Thank you, brother. It's good to have you out here. All right, guys. You hang tight. I'm going to talk about one of my awesome sponsors, and then I'll be right back here with the defending overall disabled water ski champion, the many-time WWA national and world adaptive wakeboard champion, the one and only Connor P-O-G-G-E-T-T-O. Connor Pagetto, baby. Dig it. Oh, yeah. Well, a big thank you goes out to Matthew Overholtz for hosting me at his house and then having that awesome conversation. If you guys can help with a donation, again, please head over to usskiteam2017.com and support. There's a ton of awesome raffles and info on skiers. and Well, you heard it all already from Matt, so I'll let you guys do the right thing right now. Once again, it's usskiteam2017.com. Before I get to my next guest, I did want to tell you guys about Lead Wake. Lead Wake is a company with a mission to help you get that perfect wake this year. Lead Wake ballast bags are designed with wake surfers and wakeboarders in mind and are made perfectly to be placed and stacked in tight spaces. Lead Wake bags were designed to be shifted around in your boat by you easily and will help crisp up any wake in a matter of seconds. Multiple weights are available and all orders inside the U.S. get free shipping. Right now, in honor of Ledwake's newest additions to the team, Ashley Kidd and Harley Clifford, you can use promo code Ashley or Harley to receive an extra 10% off your order. Go to Ledwake.com for more info. That's L-E-A-D-W-A-K-E.com, Ledwake.com. All right, everybody, let's get back at it on the M-I-C with Connor Pagetto. So I got it right, huh? You did. I was impressed. I was like, oh, is he going to get the double T or not? But you did. I was impressed. Cool, man. Well, I'm excited uh, to, to um, be able to record with you. Um, you're a guy that I've actually had fans ask that you be on the show. And um, you also impress me very much. And I think you do a lot of great things for the sport. So uh, um, I, was, I was excited that our schedules are able to line up and that we're able to sit down and uh, and, and do a little chatting. I'm super fortunate. Thank you again for the opportunity. Uh, it's cool. It's very cool to be a part of. You do so much for the sport to begin with. It's awesome to be a part of something like this. As my head gets bigger <laughs> and bigger and bigger. Are you, uh, you feeling a little bit hurt? I saw it we're recording. You're sitting there under a couple of heating pads. Just a little sore, you know, cold weather, trying to stay healthy and get ready for Worlds. Coming into 2016, you had a ton of momentum, uh, Disabled Athlete of the Year from USA Water Ski. Uh, across the board, it was, a, it was a big year. And altogether, what, what, nowadays, what do you have WWA-wise? How many national, how many world titles? 
four national titles and three world titles. When it comes to disabled water skiing right now, I mean, dude, like the the, the way you push it, the way that you uh, attack the wake, man, I, I'm surprised you don't need to take more time off, you know? we I pride myself on we do a lot of PT. We do a lot of smaller movements go further it's just like when you're trick skiing the smoother you are the faster you are so if you take the steps instead of just trying to go 100 miles an hour if you start at zero and work your way up gradually then it's going to work out better for you in the long run absolutely man and how long have you been like skiing for so i learned how to ski when i was six years old and i was mainly just a once a month for a couple months type of a thing. Um, I learned because my mom actually worked for disabled sports and <clears throat> started snow skiing. And from snow skiing, I started water skiing. And about six years ago, that's when I started water skiing competitively. That's when I decided to take it to the next level. Your story is a little bit different than Matt's. Um, can you kind of talk talk about that? Yeah, my story is a lot different than Matt's. Um, so I was born with my disability. I have hereditary spastic paraparesis, which means my brain does not know how to use the muscles from my hips down, and I'm slowly become paralyzed. So it can happen at any second. So some days you guys can see me walking around or moving my legs, but that might change in the next 20 seconds or the next day. I was paralyzed for three months once. One morning I fell getting out of my bed, and my legs caught me. It was the most unreal sensation I've ever felt in my entire life because I didn't move or feel them for three months. So it was kind of that crazy, like, it's like your legs constantly falling asleep and it just comes back out of the blue. So it was really insane. Um, when I was diagnosed, I was four years old and I was one of, I was number 16 diagnosed in the United States. Most people would get the disability in their 40s and 50s, but it's super rare to get it as a child. Wow. That's, uh, Man, that that's incredible, dude. Yeah, it's it's pretty insane, and it, we've had all everybody in my family tested as well, and I'm the first generation. Wow. So somehow, when my parents got together, the genes mixed, and that's what came out of it. Bam! They made one special human being. I guess <laughs> you're still in high school, or are you out? No, I'm a sophomore in college now. You're going to school. You're training water ski, but you're you also uh, get people on the water, but you also, um, you're also volunteering too, right? Yeah. So I do a lot with ability first sports, which is a disabled sports camp that's based here out of Chico, California. And we do anything from water skiing and wakeboarding to wheelchair, rugby, basketball, archery, tennis, hand cycling, you name it. And we can teach it. The only, th- our joke is that we always say is the only thing we can't teach is running because none of our coaches are very good at that. Right. <laughs> so we stick to the things on the wheels. Um, okay, so you're you're a crossover athlete in toad water sports, uh, water skiing and wakeboarding, and you're at the top level on um, on both sides. So how are you able to to balance that? For me, a lot of the same tricks I do for trick skiing and for wakeboarding are very very similar. Um, for tricking, they're just a lot closer to the water and a lot faster. So for wakeboarding, I just get to have more time in the air. Um, for me, I'm a very technical skier and rider in that aspect. So I prefer very quick movements and very tight turns. With wakeboarding, it's one of those things that I just get to kind of ha- go have fun with. And it's kind of, I don't want to say a break from the competitive skiing, but it is something that gives me another thing to look forward to for sure. 
you take competition pretty serious. So where does that drive come from? It, a lot of it comes from my family in general. We're a very competitive family. Um, my brother and I will compete over everything. Um, how many? T- who can flip a coin faster? Like it doesn't matter what it is. One of us is going to win. So for that, everything comes into what you'd like to do and how you look at it. For me, I've always had that drive to grow the sport that I love and influence as many people as I, as I can. First of all, I mean, don't some wakeboarders and water skiers kind of like butt heads, especially like where you kind of train water skiing? Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, for our water skiing, it's a very close knit community, um, as it is with wakeboarding. But at the end of the day, who, when you're growing the sport and there's more people on the water, that's what you have to look forward to. Okay. So like you were skiing before you were wakeboarding, correct? Correct. So how did you decide to, to get involved in wakeboard events? Honestly, it was, this was another reason to grow the sport. There's more people watching wakeboarding and there's more exposure for wakeboarding than there is water skiing. So if I can get disabled water skiing or disabled wakeboarding in the eyes and in the viewpoint of other people, then it's going to help grow the sport that much quicker. Sure. Sure. Um, so like when you, you first come to the, to, uh, the first wakeboard contest, how different is that from a ski event? so much different it's so much faster um everyone is especially for a disabled event um it takes us longer to get around it we have a little bit more equipment so for an able body slalom event they go much quicker obviously than we would but a wakeboarding event is is even that much faster than a slalom event um the next guy is already in the water by the time the other guy doesn't even swim he's on his way swimming in sure so being able to be a part of something that quick and movement and every the cool thing is other fellow riders and other competitors um, and people who really are involved in the industry are the judges. So it's cool because you get to know exactly how you're really matching up and you have someone who knows firsthand how difficult it is to do things. It seems like as of late, um, you've definitely been doing a good job of getting yourself out there and the support of some of the top uh, companies uh, certainly seems to have followed. I know... Um, Hyperlight and now it seems like Nautique are both uh, supporting you really, really well. And over the the winter of 2017, I noticed on social media that you seem to be popping up at more and more boat shows. What have you been up to? Uh, this last these last month or so, um, it's been a busy month. I was gone for about three weeks. I went down to Barrett Jackson to help out and work the little boat show booth that Action Water Sports had down there. Um, picked up a boat in the LA boat show and drove that up to Seattle for the Seattle boat show. And so I hung out up there for, I think what, three or four days. So it was a ton of fun and it's awesome because the more people you get to see and show about disabled water skiing, because most people, when I am there, they're like, okay, yeah, just whatever. It's some guy looking at the boats. But when you have that exposure and you have that impact, with Nautique and with Hyperlight. Well, the support of the brand. It helps general. a ton. And then the sport grows that much further. Just putting my name out there helps people. There is a guy who I met actually um, up in Seattle. He was in a motorcycle accident and doesn't can't move his left arm now. 
Greg Dick was actually talking to him and he goes, so have you picked your boat out yet? And he goes, oh no, I can't ski anymore. When I heard that, I was sitting actually kind of by the desk and Greg goes, well, not really. And so I stepped in. I was like, hey, actually that's not true at all. Stepped in? I rolled in. (laughs) Correct. I rolled in. Is that rude? For me, I'm in a chair. I'm disabled. It doesn't really make a difference. Sure. Um, you're going to hear that's no worse than anything my friends have always said. Well, I, I, I mean, uh, when I, when I went to disabled worlds and just heard all uh, the skiers and athletes kind of joking around and my jaw would drop on the ground and you'd be like, no, 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 no. That's just n- normal of what you say around here. Oh, of course. Like that's a disabled event is really the only event that you can laugh at the blind guy for facing the wrong way for clapping. Like at some of the events, there would be someone standing up and he was turned around facing the wrong way. Everyone's looking. He's in the back of the room facing the back wall, clapping, saying good job. And everyone's like, hey, we're over here. Oh, okay. And everyone just laughs because we're all disabled. We're all in the same boat. It doesn't make a difference either way. The people who really make that huge impact about it are the ones that don't live it every single day or they have been bred that way to only care about the verbiage. Sure. Sure. You got to make the most of it. Yeah, absolutely. And and the fact that you can help and get people out there and, and show people that, Hey, we, it doesn't really matter. There is really no excuse because today, you know, if, if you're, if you're within a few hundred miles of Chico, California, one way or another, you can get, you can get somebody who can just look skiing if if they want it bad enough exactly exactly um for me i've always see i've found myself now i see someone in a chair i see someone with paralysis of some type in the store I'd be like hey have you ever heard of water skiing blah blah, blah or just try to get them involved any way i can 90 percent of them i will never hear from but that 10 percent that i do hear from is what helps grow the sport that much more because once they find the love for the sport then they're going to help grow the sport just that just as much as I do. Absolutely. All right, man. So uh, 2017, you've got a big year, um, and it looks like it is kicking off with the Disabled World Championships. Unfortunately, you are going to miss the Wake Open. I know. I know. I'm a little bummed about that. But Worlds, Wake Open, I think I'm going to have to go represent the United States Absolutely. on this one. Hey, I, don't, I, I do not blame you <laughs> on that one. And um, so, so April starts off with Worlds. Um, going into Worlds, what, how, 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 are things looking, how are things looking for Connor? How are things looking for Team USA in general? I think they're looking pretty solid. For myself, um, I'm pretty confident in how I'm skiing. The, we're getting on the water more and more. And... It's staying healthy is my big thing. Um, I've these last couple of years I've been fighting injuries um, with my wrist. At, in 2015 I had torn ligaments through Worlds, and so after Worlds I got it all put back together, which is great. So now my wrists are 100. percent Shoulders, everything's are feeling, everything is feeling great. So I'm very happy at how it's going to go, and I'm looking forward to see what we can do on the water. Now, what about your teammates? As the team, I think the U.S. team is very very strong this year, and I think we have a real shot of making it a, a fifth consecutive overall world title why why don't we see more of the disabled water skiers competing at um wakeboard events i think a lot of it is unsureness i know that's probably not even a word but being unsure about what it is to expect a lot of people are their bodies are everything like for us 
our shoulders, elbows, and wrists are your shoulders, elbows, and wrists and your ankles, knees, and hips. So everything goes through our arms. So all that overuse does take a toll. And so I think a lot of it is making, trying to make sure their bodies can stay withstand their lives and not have to deal with anything later in life. Um, let's, let's talk about your personal, um, goals kind of in water skiing, in wakeboarding and outside of them, you know, coming up here in the next uh, year or two for wakeboarding for myself. I don't necessarily have like set in stone goals. Um, for me, the more people I can get exposure to, the more people that can see disabled skiing is what really sets was really are my goals for wakeboarding. Um, I would love to have the flip involved in my run in the near future, which would be awesome. And that's something that I would love to strive for, for water skiing with jump. My all time goal is to see someone go a hundred feet. Um, Roy Sandys, who Matt talked about a little bit, the guy who created, um, kind of the pioneer for disabled water skiing. He, his lifelong goal is to see someone go a hundred feet. And when I was younger, I was so small that he actually built a special cage just for myself to sit in. And so he goes, Connor, um, I'd like you to be the person who does it. And I'm like, okay, thanks. No pressure or anything there. Um, So hopefully we can get that accomplished for him. And I'd love to fulfill that dream for him. What's the, what's the current record for jumping? The current record is 88 feet. So it's held by. Daryl Hoyle and it's, your and what's your and Daryl Hoyle, awesome dude, uh, Australian guy. Mm-hmm. He is. Uh, if anybody gets the opportunity to meet this guy, he is. De- he 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 could definitely be like the face of of disabled water skiing. The guy is hilarious. Of course, he's a very very funny guy. Yeah. Um, so uh, what's your um what's your uh, personal best jump? My personal best is seventy two feet. Okay, so what uh, what are you gonna have to do to hit that hundred foot mark? Six inches higher on the ramp. What are you gonna do? Um, for me, I think a little bit is staying flat and just keeping that hard edge going into the wake. I mean, going into the ramp. Um, I'm going to start using the double cut as well. Um, but honestly, it's making sure that rope tension all the way through the top of the ramp and cutting hard. With a single weight cut, I could go about 80 feet. What's the, What about the landings, man? That's got to put a lot of pressure on your back. A ton of pressure on my back. Um, for me... I tried to use a shock system, but I don't weigh enough for it to even have an impact. Um, I'm only I'm 120 pounds soaking wet, so that's not a whole lot for a shock system. But when you do it correctly, it feels effortless and it's amazing. So I had one jump at Worlds in uh, 2015 that felt incredible and it was great, and I didn't feel anything. But because a lot of it's an adrenaline and you feel that sense of power and stuff when you're going through the air. You put out a little wakeboard edit last year. Can we expect to see any more edits from you coming out? Most definitely. Um, yeah, it was a long process with that edit, but Joey is an unbelievable drone pilot. He flies all over the, all over the Northern California area with his drone and he gets some of the coolest shots. Um, with this season coming up, I think we'll, you'll definitely be able to see some more. Cool, man. Well, I recommend you keep that GoPro going at like all the contests and stuff. And uh, and uh, I think we're we're gonna hit the lake here right now. I'm gonna hopefully get a little footage of you uh, shredding around. Perfect. Let's if you're, do it. If you're cool with that, 
Um, anything else you want to plug or talk about before we finish up? I'd like to say thanks to Hyperlite for everything they've done with the making the molds for disabled water skiing. Um, with being a ski, you have to have a board that fits the specs. The width can be no larger than 30% of the length. So the new Hyperlite Destroyer is insane. And it's won a bunch of awards so far. So hopefully so it, we can keep it going. So the Destroyer from Hyperlite is uh, a wakeboard, but with the, the specs we're keeping like disabled skiing in mind? Correct. So to be a ski, the width can be no larger than 30% of the length of the board. So the Hyperlite Destroyer is 29 percent so it's perfect right inside of the um spec so it fits and it works as a ski which is great for disabled water skiing are you happy with all the rules in disabled because i know there's a lot of them (laughs) i am like it's if there wasn't it'll be super free range and sooner or later the rules are going to come because someone's going to complain that there's no rules all of a sudden the inmates are running the asylum right yeah exactly exactly so i i enjoy it i'm like i said i'm a very technical skier in how i ride so having that preciseness and having to be perfect i love it cool hey sponsors real fast um hyperlite and nautique i can't thank you guys enough hopefully this isn't this is a long this is the beginning of a long road absolutely man anybody else helping you out my my mom is of course obviously uh thank you for everything she's always been there through surgeries and hospitals long nights so it's great being there and traveling around with her it's awesome she's a cool lady man hey what's your uh what's your social media so everybody can follow you uh my instagram is at connor underscore pregetto and same with my facebook and that's all i and twitter is the same thing as well all right man well hey guys uh let's all wish him good luck you and the entire uh disabled water ski team in 2017 this april uh hopefully everybody's going to um donate some money you want to give that address one more time hopefully yeah you guys it's uh www dot us ski team 2017.com and every little bit counts you don't have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars but hey if you have that money laying around go for it we all it's all going to go back towards the sport and help improve the outreach and improve the overall quality of disabled skiing as a whole there it is connor thanks a ton man thank you for having me it's been great All right, guys, hang tight. We'll be back with more right here on the Golden Mike Podcast. C4 belts are the newest wakeboarding accessory to hit the market. Made of premium TPE thermoplastic, C4 belts are waterproof and backed by a lifetime guarantee. Available in multiple colors and designs, C4 allows you to mix and match straps and buckles to create your own unique color combinations. C4 stands for Choose Your Color, Choose Your Cause. Use code MANO2016 at C4Belts.com for 10% off your purchase. Look good, do good. C4 Belts. Performance Ski and Surf in Orlando, Florida is your one-stop shop for all towed water sports needs. As an industry leader for more than two decades, Performance Ski and Surf's pro staff will sweep you off your feet with loads of industry knowledge and the best customer service in the biz. Right now, you can order online from perfski.com and receive 10% off your entire purchase by using my promo code GOLDENMIKE, all capital letters. Whether you're looking for current or closeout gear, Performance Ski and Surf has it all. 
all. And right now with my promo code, Golden Mike, you just can't beat the deals. Performance Ski and Surf is just minutes from the Orlando International Airport or online at perfski.com. That's P-E-R-F-S-K-I.com. The Golden Mike Podcast is back with the noise of the north. Dano the Mano, presented by Sea Deck Marine Products. U.S. Ski Team 2017.com, everyone. You don't have much time, so donate to Team USA today. Thank you to Connor Pagetto for chatting it up with me. Connor is by far one of the most dedicated guys I know. He loves shredding and sharing his love for Behind the Boat with others. And I think it's pretty evident from that interview that progression and exposure for the sport are two things really important to Connor. And I don't blame him. He's a pro. You know, Connor Pajetto is definitely one of Toad Water Sports' current elite athletes and one of the most inspiring guys I know. It was an honor to have Connor and Matt on today's podcast, and I wish them both luck as well as the entire USA team, including David Carter, Nicholas Ferral, Chad Guzman, Robbie Parks, Katie Mobby, Eli Hager, Joe Ray, Mike Royal, Kerry Vanderbaum, Craig Tim, Sarah Switzer, and Chuck West, and I wish you all good luck. Hopefully I got y'all, and if not, well, good luck to those of you I missed. All right, guys, let's announce some appearances and events coming up. March 24th, 25th, and 26th, I'll be in Arizona State at the International Sportsman's Expos and Arizona Boat Show for a real jam with Action Water Sports. That's just outside of Phoenix, so come on out and visit. The following week, April 1st, back in Orlando, it's the Malibu Pro Card Qualifier April 22nd, the Performance Ski and Surf Gravel Tour. Stop number two. Stop one has been rescheduled for June 11th, right after uh, what would be stop three on June 10th. Also, the weekend of April 22nd at OWC, it's their annual cable games. It's my first year in town for this, so I'm super excited that I'm going to be on the microphone We close out April in Orlando with the Nautique Boats Wake Open. And then the following weekend, May 5th, 6th, and 7th in Las Vegas, Nevada with Boulder Boats for stop one of the 2017 Malibu Boats Rider Experience and the Central WWA Wakeboard Regionals. And those are just a few of my first events for my super busy summer ahead. If anybody listening is interested in having me announce, commentate, do voiceover work or appear at your next event. Maybe you just want to advertise in the Golden Mike podcast or just ask me any question in general. Well, you can email me, goldenmike at noiseofthenorth.com. You can also message me through the Golden Mike podcast Facebook page. I am on iTunes. Make sure you guys find me and subscribe. Just search the Golden Mike podcast. Rate and review the podcast, guys. Also, we are still working on getting all the archives up on SoundCloud. They'll be up soon enough, but be sure to check us out on there as well. On Twitter, at TheDanoTMano and at TheGolden underscore Mike. On Instagram, it's at DanoTMano. And be sure to like and share the Golden Mike Podcast Facebook page, everybody. 
One more thank you to Matthew Oberholtz and Connor Pajetto. And now a few shout-outs to the sponsors and folks behind the scenes. Thank you to SeaDeck Marine Products, Boulder Boats, Woodrow Sustainable Optics, Performance Ski and Surf, GoPuck, Malibu Boats, C4 Belts, Rockstar Energy, Lead Wake, CWB Board Company, Ronix, Jenna Hamill on the web, and Rich Walsh on the audio. That's going to do it for today's show. Appreciate you all for tuning in and listening. I'm the Noise of the North. I'm Dan of the Mano. And you can hear me next time once again right here on the Golden Mike Podcast.